Amen. Here we go. Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship Live coming to you. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's Resurrection Sunday this morning. He is risen and he is risen indeed. Glory be to God. And how appropriate to get a title of the Holy Spirit for today. Resurrection in you. Resurrection in you. We we look at the Easter story, the story, of course, similar to Christmas, and we put it in a historic perspective oftentimes, and, and it is right to do so because it is factual history. It happened, and there are many records of it happening, and of course, the gospel is the main record, and, and many other witnesses as well, and my mic on on awesome the resurrection in you when we keep the gospel read in a historic perspective and just look at it that way we can actually miss the power of the gospel the power of the gospel is really christ in us the hope of glory now the power of the gospel is that yes indeed it happened and history does record it but yet now my life is a display of this historical record and i'm living it out here now and i'm marking history for his glory i am in turn now becoming a history maker can we say that by displaying the very glory of god through me and so when we talk about resurrection and we look at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not to miss really the key point of our Christian salvation, that with his rising we arose, with his ascension we now have brand new life, a living hope. And so I want to start off first with Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just a few verses there regarding the gospel account and i'm going to trust the lord to to bring out this message of resurrection in you right now right now right now alive unto him right now living by the power of the holy ghost that resurrection might within you right now right now and so you are every day displaying the resurrection of the son of glory glory be to god and so let's start in verse uh, 1 here, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand. You see, the gospel that is preached to us, when we receive the gospel preached to us, it's enabling us to stand in it. By us hearing the words of Christ, by us hearing the message of salvation, we are being established in Christ. But which also you are saved, it's our salvation. Because as we believe, right, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And so we are not going to believe in vain. We will hold on to the word preached to the very end. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. And so that which has been given to us, we freely give. And this is what Paul is saying. 
I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. If you have not received revelation, if you have not received impartation of the truth of the gospel of Christ, it will be very hard, almost impossible to release this revelation knowledge because as you have received and as you have meditated and as you have dwelt in it, you from this place of abundance of understanding are able to release and dispatch the message of Christ to another. And this is the message. This is the gospel. The Christ died for our sins. It's the anchor to our salvation. He died for my sin. He died for my sin. In um, I want to, just a second, look at something just flashed. Something just flashed. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Yes. So what were we reading? What were we reading? Did I miss my page here? I might have missed my page. We read, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. That Christ died for our sins. What does that mean? What that means is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. For he made him. God made Jesus who knew no sin. He died for our sins. This is what he did for us. The one who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so when you hear Jesus died for your sin, always keep in mind, yes, he became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because he has indeed died, I have indeed been made righteous in the sight of God. And so when we read these passages of scripture, keep the whole context of the completed work so that you will never struggle with a guilty conscience again. That you never succumb to the spirit of condemnation, of a lack of revelation of what it means that he died for your sin. So you cannot live free to be right before God. A sinless nature you've been granted in Christ. Think about it. In Christ, through this death of his, you, he took on the sin nature and destroyed it, demolished it, so you can now have a what? Sinless nature. The Christ nature, have you given it a thought? Have you given it a thought? And that's why when we talk about the Easter message, keep that at the forefront daily, daily. You are made right through that cross. The very righteousness of God in him, in the one that died for your sin. Let's continue back to that 1 Corinthians 15. According to the scripture, this is all according to the scripture. It is all according to the scripture. We are to never deviate from that which is written. We are to never deviate from thus saith the Lord. We are to never deviate because in the scripture is found what? This righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, Paul writes in the, in the book of Romans. 
This righteousness is revealed from faith to faith as it is written in the scripture. In the scriptures, in the holy scriptures, I pray that you develop a reverence, a love, a passion, a devotion for the scriptures, the truth of the living word, the truth of Christ, the very glorified son of God, who is the word of God, made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. He rose again, hallelujah, on the third day according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. As it was written, so it became and so it is and so it will be. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve there were eyewitnesses. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. They were, still, they were still living at the moment of the writing of this epistle. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he has seen, he was seen by James and by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, Paul writes. As by one born out of due time on the road of Damascus. For I am, and this is it, this is where I wanted to move into. And, and as I move into these next couple of verses, I am really, I'm really by the Holy Spirit putting together over my messages over the last, the last maybe three months, the last two months for sure, where I talked about the disclosure of the Holy Spirit, where I talked about that the Holy Spirit is teacher of truth, that he is a demonstrator of Jesus to us, and from there we move that we are now conformed to be just like Jesus. We are made to be transformed in the image of the Son of the firstborn, in the image of the glory of the Son even by the Spirit. And so I'm putting together, and, and Paul is, is a perfect demonstrator that, that he was enabled by the Holy Spirit to be qualified in this salvation. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, all of us can say that today, I am what I am, and His grace toward me, His grace toward me was not in vain. Where is His grace found? In the gospel of our salvation. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. And then talks about the resurrection from the dead. From here, I want to go to the book of Romans. Romans 1. This is how... Paul entered into this glorious kingdom of the Son of God's love. Through this revelation, through this acknowledgement of grace dispensation, through that which Jesus did on the cross, 
and through his resurrection and ascension and sitting down at the right hand of God on high. It is finished for you and I today. It is done. It is complete. There's no other moment on, on really our natural calendar that we can again anchor, anchor our thoughts that it is finished indeed. And so if we go here to chapter 1 from the very beginning, we'll read the first maybe six verses. Paul, a bondservant, it's who we are. A bondservant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Do you know we all have been separated unto our God, to the gospel of our God, which he promised before, through his prophets in the where? Holy Scriptures. The emphasis today, the emphasis today that all we need to know is found in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declare, this is at verse 4, and declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. Even by the Spirit we undergo this transformation. Because it is through the Spirit that Christ was declared to be the Son of God. And whom are we conformed to today? The Son of God. How? Through the Spirit. The very Spirit that declared Him to be Son has called the sons unto God as well, by whom we can cry out now, Abba, Father. By the Spirit of holiness, by the Spirit of resurrection, the Holy Spirit and declared to be son, the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by the rising, by the ultimate defeat of Satan, by the ultimate defeat of the grave, of death, of every fallen fallen principality and power and dominion he has fully defeated by the power of the Holy Spirit and where does the spirit of might and resurrection and wholeness and intercession lives now in us in us point to you in a man he lives in you resurrection is in you today and if there is a passion in my life it is this unveiling of our sight of the indwelled Christ the resurrected king of glory resides within you we are not without hope we have a living hope we have an assurance we have already been delivered I don't have have to strive and run around the mountain one more time to earn another benefit from God. I have it all. In Christ, it's mine. In Christ, it's mine. Resurrection lives in me. I don't need another rising. I don't need the King of glory to come down and to ascend again and to prove to me that I have won it all. I know I have. Why? Because I have the guarantee. Paul writes to the Corinthians, to, to, at, at least 
on two occasions and mindful right now that the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of resurrection. That we are established in Christ. Resurrection in you. In you. In you. It's in you, not just a historical account, not just thank you, Jesus, that you raised again, that I'm going to make it to heaven. Yes, glory be to God for that. But there is a higher realm of glory. Christ in me now. I have already been raised to the heavenly place of might and dominion. And from there, I declare the manifold wisdom of God to the power and principalities I am above all right now right now you and I in Christ right now are above it all above it all what does it look like to live this life of preeminence in Christ what does it look like to never be under a moment looks like resurrection looks like God in me Looks like I'm fully persuaded that if God be for me, who can be against me? It looks like a divine revelation of that which Paul writes here to the Romans. To the Romans. Declared he was to be the son of God. With power according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. And look at this verse 5. Through him, through him now, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience of the faith. I have now through him received grace and apostleships. The callings of God are without repentance through this completed work. Even though Paul says I was born as though at a time a chief sinner he called himself. Now I have through this completed work received grace. Grace to stand in the call of God. Grace to be conformed to the sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which looks like obedience. Obedience to the faith. Full compliance to the scriptures. Full, full assurance of the love of God. Among all nations for his name. Among whom you, among you, who you and I also are the called of Jesus Christ. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. And we have the last few weeks have been looking at Romans 8, 29. That we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And verse 30, the, whom he is predestined, that is us. This is also called, Paul told us here, we are the called of Jesus Christ. And because we're called, we also justified, Romans 8.30 says. In whom he's justified, he's also glorified. What is this salvation reality? What is this enablement of dominion by the power of the Holy 
Holy Ghost, to have been raised with his rising, to have been placed where he sits today. Glory divine. Resurrection is in you. In you. And that is the guarantee that yes, when you go, should Jesus tarry, go by the way of the grave, you will be resurrected from the dead. Because he, the resurrected, dwells in you. Romans 8. Let's go actually on the way to Romans 8. Let's do Romans 6. Some, these are a lot of the verses I camp on and I just felt it was so fitting today on Resurrection Sunday to go through these verses. Verse 4, Romans 6, 4, therefore we were buried with him. This is, this is, this is the Easter story. The Good Friday story, I'm living it out. The resurrection story, I'm living it out. Daily I pick up that cross. Daily I acknowledge every good thing that is in me in Christ Jesus. Resurrection life lives in me. I am quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost. No matter what I go through, no matter how many nights I might cry under my pillow, I know I'm coming up and out because resurrection lives in me. Dominion has already been established in me through Christ. Christ. Never to be overcome and succumb in a worldly moment, but an emotional upheaval. To walk in this reigned in dominion of self-control of the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is it. Verse 4. We're buried with him through baptism unto death. That just as Christ was raised, was he raised? Yes, indeed he was. Well, because he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, you and I right now, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Brand new life you have. Brand new moment you have. You can get happy about it. He's not the old man stuck in the old way under a sin nature. In Christ, he sees you blameless, above reproach, pure in his sight. Romans 8, 11. Time to live in Romans 8, 11, not just parrot it, but to have an opening of understanding that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and me, and he does dwell in me and you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, never to be under a sickness, never to be under a disease, never to be under a germ or a virus, never to be under a worldly wickedness of doom and destruction. Our bodies have been quickened. We have undergone a resurrection. We are now above every moment of the world. I'm not afraid and neither should you be afraid. Because if he who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, I have through this resurrection overcome everything, everything. That's why he says further on down and eight, no peril, no famine, no nakedness, no, no sword. Nothing can ever, tribulation or distress or persecution, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 
You know why? It's got no more dominion over us. No more dominion over us. That's why. That's why it can't separate you. It has no power of separation. Can't take you out of, out of his loving hold. Satan can't touch you in Christ. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So we have a quickening, but look, look where he's going to take us in verse 13. Verse 12 states, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, not to the old man of flesh that's really to be reckoned dead in Christ, buried in that baptism of death. Good Friday is for the flesh. <laughs> Resurrection Sunday is where my spirit abides. So we're not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you sow to your flesh, out of the flesh, you will reap corruption. How many times do we have to try to figure this one out? It's got to be permanent understanding. No more carnality to rule me. Because it doesn't pay well. The wages of sin is death. But if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit, and we live by the Spirit because He lives in me, you but if you by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so to live by the Spirit is very clearly explained here. One of the ways that we live by the Spirit is putting to death the deeds of the body. And so one of the things that the Spirit of Christ does is lead us in this crucifixion of Christ. It is this identity that we read in Romans 6, 4. Of being buried in his death. So we can now live in his life. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 13. I might be jumping quite a bit here, but that is okay. 2 Corinthians 13. There was a season that I, I think... A year and a half to two years back, I, this verse was such a liberator to my mind, a liberator to my spirit, soul, and body. Second Corinthians 13, 4. Actually, I have a ribbon on it. Yay. Regarding the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4, for though he was crucified in weakness, of course, he was crucified in weakness in his flesh, was put to death. Yet he lived by the power, yet he lives by the power of God. Let's read that again. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives. We know he now lives. Yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. And so just like Romans 8, 11 stated that the, that the, the spirit is now quickening that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and is quickening our mortal body. This is another way that Paul is communicating this truth to the Corinthians that now we live just as he lives. We live by the same power as he is living now. 
that though he died in the flesh, now he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak. We also daily have to reckon that old man dead, crucify the deeds of the flesh. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Isn't that powerful? The same power that he enjoys now in the heavenly place. I too enjoy. Why? Because we're his. I am. And as his, so am I. So am I. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 3. This would be also familiar to a lot of those who are with me from the very beginning. I spent a few months on 1 Peter 1, 3. The living hope that we have through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is our God and our Father too, who according to his abundant mercy, his great love towards us, has begotten us again. He see, he has begotten us again. to a, We got born again to a living hope. How do we become born again? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's why Paul writes, in, in, in to the Romans in chapter 6, that we now through his arising, through his resurrection, have newness of life. We are born again. We are begotten again by the Father. Not to corruption, but to a living hope, to a power divine, to an endless life. That he, Jesus, came in the power of an endless life. That's what the book of Hebrews writes. And we are now after him. We live now in this power of an endless life. Eternal life. Resurrected life that never dies. Never dies. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we have, look, we have been begotten to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away and is reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. By the power of God that we're living in, that power is keeping us through faith. It's as we believe, as we believe this message, this gospel of salvation, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are in the last time and there is a great revelation, an opening of sight, an understanding of this might, of this so great a salvation that the book of Hebrews says we are not to forsake. Hebrews 2, look at this Hebrews 2. What a stern warning there is in, in Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore we must, verse 1, therefore we must give them more earnest heed to the things we have heard, that which we have received, lest we drift away, lest we forget what he has done for us, that when he said he died for our sin, in that moment he became sin for me, that I be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, lest we slip away from this mighty lofty place of revelation, of having a right standing with our living God, based on a finished work, 
lest we slip into a religious act of wanting to please our God again in the works of the flesh of wanting to do right, right, right. When the cross has made me right. For if we, for if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape? How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? What a price he paid to now call us temples of the living God. What a price he paid in 1 Corinthians 6. I can even go there. I can go there. That we have purchased. A price was given to us to be called temples. Temples. And so your body is not your own. With your body you're made to glorify your living God. Not for sexual immorality. Not to be joined to a harlot. But now you're one spirit with the Lord. I just paraphrase. If you want to look, it's, it's, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 12 to about 20. For how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. A great salvation. A great salvation. A mighty exchange. My sin for his righteousness. The death that I was to die, he took so I can live now. He, he took it all for appreciation. He became that, that sacrificial lamb to take away the sin of the world so we can now be reconciled to our heavenly father. And that's why let's go now to Second Corinthians and then we go to Ephesians. I believe I'd, I'd like to touch on Ephesians very quickly. Second Corinthians 3 that we have read so many times. I'll read it on my way to Ephesians. Nevertheless, verse 16, chapter 3, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Revelation is there. When we have a heart that's turned unto our Father, when we have a desire to learn of Him, when our gaze is stayed on Him, the veil of misunderstanding and doubt and unbelief and death is ripped off, removed off of us. So we can clearly see as he clearly sees us. One, we are with him. One, we are with him. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He is in us. He is in us. Resurrection is in us. Liberty is in us. 
But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This image of liberty, this image of resurrection, this image of love divine, this image of Jesus himself, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And now we can go to Ephesians 1. Yeah, this is Paul's heart, desire, his prayer for the church. Verse 16, he doesn't cease to give thanks for us to make intercession. And mention in his prayers in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and this is my prayer, this is my prayer for us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, may give me, may give us, may give us, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And we do have Christ in us who is wisdom to us. And so we're not waiting on some new dispensation of spiritual release. He is already in us. All we do is return to him. And when we turn to him, the veil is removed. We just read it. We just turn to him. So often we catch ourselves running to this teacher and that teacher. And, and, and yes, it's all good as the Lord leads. But you have to realize that when you hear to that teacher and that preacher, you want to be hearing his voice alone. You want to be looking upon him alone. You're, you're turning your face to him alone. I give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, that there is an understanding and veiling of understanding, that your eyes be flooded with light, being enlightened that you may know, that you may know this resurrection might within you, that you may know the hope of his calling. The hope of the calling that Paul wrote in, to the Romans in chapter 1, being called in Christ Jesus. Oh, Maria, being called in Christ Jesus. What are the riches of the glory of an inheritance? And we read, Peter wrote, there's, there's no selling there. They're reserved for us in heaven. They're kept by the power of God as we believe. This inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? The dunamis, miracle-working power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This is the Easter story. This is what he is doing right now in you and I, unveiling sight to who lives in you, the resurrector of glory, this mighty power divine. That spirit that raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. No more groveling, no more begging, no more cowardice. We are far above it. Power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not all in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And further on, 
he talks about that as he was raised together with him, we were raised. And that then we move to the very last verse I'm going to read in chapter 3. In chapter 3, 16 and 17, two verses. That he would grant you another prayer. That God will grant you this understanding. According to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. To be strengthened with might through through his spirit in the inner man. Because his spirit lives in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Because he so loved us, he sent his son. That you be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend, three verses. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and the length and depth and height. Four verses. To know the love of Christ which passes which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is what this is about. Resurrection in you means that you be filled, that you be filled with all the fullness of God. Who is in you? Glory be to God. Thank you. We are done. Amen.